Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the December 14th, 2014 edition of Season 2 of The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., right here on the Nakam Siegel Network, nakamsegel.com. Every week we will take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League related. Have a game this week? Let us know. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W E I. S-E-L-B-E-R-G, or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy, that's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y, because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. I want to once again thank our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Uh, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade, and if you've won a championship within that period, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week right here on The Court Report. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our episodes from this season, as well as all of our episodes from last season. Plus, you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice, though. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. We have a lot to get to this week, starting out in basketball, where in varsity, DRS made a huge statement this week, taking on three teams, including an epic matchup with Hafter. And also in hockey, where this week we finally settled that Hafter-Frisch game uh, that was uh, put on hold a couple of weeks ago. I had the chance to run out to that game, uh, well, what was supposed to be 12 minutes, ended up being 17 minutes. I know I'm giving away a little bit about uh, about what's coming up. But I had the chance to go out there, and what I saw was actually pretty surprising, given the amount of time that they that they played. Although, seeing Hafter and Frisch play on a neutral court actually was a little more interesting because of how that affected the matchup as well. So, let's stick right here and start it off with varsity hockey. We're going to start off with the game featuring the longest intermission ever. Thursday night finally saw the completion of the Frisch Hafter game from almost a month ago. Let's take you back to that game, all the way back to November 17th in the Hafter gym. Frisch was still unbeaten in regulation, having a record of 2-0-0-1, still smarting from an overtime loss in the rink at SAR. Hafter at 3-0, not really being challenged, having outscored their opponents 21 one to open the season. Hafter looked as if the scoring tear would continue as four minutes into the game, Jake Berger launched a full-court shot that beat Alex Kirschenbaum to give Hafter a 1-0 lead. Off the ensuing center court face-off, Leon Frankel would gain possession of the ball in the fridge zone and put it right under the crossbar to give the Hawks a 2-0 advantage. Hafter would control play until about five minutes into the second period when Jordan Sokloff put home a goal for the Cougars that seemed to awaken them as they would heavily control the play for the next minute until the fire alarm went off. Then after starting the game up again, it went off again and again and again until the end of the second period when the refs and the league decided to suspend the game. 
Initially, the thought was to hold off on the completion until after the season, if it was necessary for playoff consideration. But over the last two weeks, someone finally realized that both teams would likely need this game played anyways, so why not finish it now? And that's exactly what they did. This past Thursday night, the two teams met in, of all places, North Shore, to play one period of hockey, with Hafter leading 2-1 to one to start the third. Just to give you an idea of how different this was from that night, Frisch was without Abe Gelman, who was sidelined for the next month with a leg injury, Hafter was without Yehuda Sigelnik and Emil Schertz, and both teams met on a neutral court a night after playing complete games against other teams, which we'll get to later. With only 12 minutes to play, it was an opportunity for both teams to stretch their top lines, another difference than if the game was played on, you know, back on the 17th as to complete their own game. Frisch took advantage of that fact. Uh, Hafter seemed a bit more content to just hold the lead, falling into a more defensive style. For the first half of the period, I can't say first period of play because there's only really one period supposed to be played, Hafter shipped through Frisch off as the Cougars had trouble controlling possession in the offensive zone. But around seven minutes to go, it looked as if Frisch had the Hawks figured out. Frisch began to have success controlling the ball in their own zone and maintaining possession closer to the net. And with 3.21 to go, Frisch's persistence finally paid off. After crisp passing gained zone entry, the ball found its way to Odi Haramadi coming around the Hafter net, who put it past Ryan Gluck to tie the game at two. In effect, this would be a triple blow for Hafter. Not only did they seed the lead, and not only did Frisch now have momentum, but now Hafter, which had been thinking, quote-unquote, prevent defense for the extent of the, quote-unquote, night, was forced to find their own offensive gear with only three minutes left. The Hawks struggled to do so, but were able to keep focused defensively, and despite several Frisch pushes in the last minute and a half, the game went to overtime tied at two. In the overtime, Hafter regained some of its bearings, going with a more aggressive two-offensemen lineup to counter Frisch's two-defensive lineup. A minute and a half in, Hafter got their chance when Mikey Rubin took a tripping penalty to put Hafter on a three-on to advantage, but Hafter could do nothing with it thanks to solid defensive work by the Frisch penalty killers and low-quality Hafter shot selection. Having killed off the penalty, Frisch returned to full strength, and both Haramadi and Rafi Sullivan would have quality chances to end the game in the last minute, but Gluck was up to the task, and the longest game of the season finally came to an end at a 2-2 tie, the first tie in either the JV or Varsity Hockey League this season. For Frisch, this was a much-needed point after having lost uh, their last four games, two of which were in overtime, including their game on Wednesday night to MTA. In that game, the Lions jumped out to a 2-0 lead in the first and added a goal in the second before Frisch finally got on the board. The two teams would trade a goal down the stretch, with MTA walking away victorious 4-2. Having lost that game, Frisch dropped to 2-2-0-2, and with losses to all four divisional teams that it could possibly be locked in playoff battles with, those being Kushner, SAR, Ramaz and MTA. We're not having to talk about TABC, who at this point is who is on a whole other level. The tiebreakers are currently not in their favor, and they needed all the points that they could get. So taking one where a few weeks ago it looked like they may walk away with none, and having three or four points from the top two teams in the East needs to give this first team a bit of a boost for the second half of the season, which for them starts this Monday in the first of their must-win stretch when they host Kushner. Looking at the positives and negatives for Frisch, on the negative side, Frisch has only seven points in their first seven games, while five teams are now above them with at least ten points, the least of which is TABC, who has ten points, 
winning all five of the games that they've played so far. On the positive side, six of their remaining seven games are at home. So to take a different spin on the first half of the year for Frisch, a loss in overtime on the road is worth a win at home. Should Frisch win at least five of their last seven games, they'll make it really difficult for the rest of the division. Any less than Frisch will watch the five other teams pass them by leaving and leaving them shut out of the playoffs for the first time in a really, really, really long time. I honestly can't even remember the last time a Frisch varsity team did not make the postseason. The problem for Frisch is that they're going to have to play their next four or five games without Gelman, a top-line defenseman, which will definitely become a problem for them in games lasting longer than 17 minutes. We'll get to the impact on Hafter in just a minute. But first, the West had three games on the week, with results that really made Frisch's point all the more important. Last Sunday, TABC downed SAR 5-1. to Jack Schwabe opened up the scoring for the Sting in the first, but it would be all TABC from there. Shuana Orr would tie the game up before the period's end, and the second would be dominated by the Storm Juniors, as Josh Tashino and Yair Noller put home markers. Kalev Minsky would join the junior parade in the third, and Ezra Schneier would add one, ballooning TABC's final margin of victory to four. Three days later, the Sting would be in action again, this time facing Kushner in the first of their rink series games, this one in Kushner. Arthur Greenfield would open up the scoring for Kushner, but SAR would score four straight and six of the next seven to take a 6-2 lead with eight minutes left in the game. Mind you, this was all despite Kushner having a four-minute stretch in the second period where they held a four-on-two power play. Kushner would score three in the last eight minutes to close the gap to 6-5, but that would be as far as it would go as SAR eked out the win, moving themselves one point ahead of the Cobras, two points ahead of MTA, and only two points behind Ramaz with three games in hand, with the next three being Hank, Heschel, and Ramaz themselves. Speaking of Ramaz, the Rams improved to 8-4 and four with a 6-1 victory over JEC. With two games left, one win in those two would put the Rams in great position to make the playoffs. They're going to have to wait a month, though, as their next game isn't until the other side of the new year, when they should know exactly what they need. Speaking of quote-unquote getting what they need, with the loss, Hafter couldn't lay claim to the East's first interconference win of the year. Then again, even if they won, they wouldn't have been able to do that, as Magan David accomplished that feat this past Tuesday, dropping Heschel 9-5 to to leave Heschel as the only winless team on the year. Uh, with the two games this week, the West still holds an astounding 8-1-1 and record against the East on the season. And the next week will feature another in the interconference series, with Hank and SAR squaring off in Hank next Sunday. The Hurricanes rebounding from their 7-0 shellacking at the hands of MTA by topping North Shore 4-2. Matthew Maslin opened up the scoring for the Hurricanes late in the first period. After a scoreless second, a flurry of activity in the third. North Shore tied up the game early on. Three-on-three uh, three, uh, took place. Nothing happened there. Following that, Benji Hill would give the Canes a lead. Matthew Maslin would add another to make it 3-1 Hank. Uh, North Shore would get closer on a 5-on-3 later on in the period, but Josh Wangrowski would cap off the game with an empty netter. Fun fact brought to you by David Schwartzman, a beat reporter for the Court Report and Hank defenseman. Uh, every game that Josh Wangrowski has scored in, Hank has won every game that Josh Wangrowski has not scored. Hank has lost. So just a little hint for those of you out there looking to uh, to get the upper hand on Hank, keep number 99 covered. Uh, David Schwartzman. 
Another fun fact, this year with Sports Illustrated giving out its Sportsman of the Year award in its latest issue, uh, our own David Schwartzman placed third in the Sports Illustrated Schwartzman of the Year award given out by Steve Ruchin in his column this past week. Sorry, David, maybe next year. For Hank, the win, coupled with their remaining games, puts the third seed squarely in Hank's hands. They just need to close out the games that they're supposed to win down the stretch. North Shore and Rambam will be nipping on their heels, though. The Stars are only a point behind them at 5-7, and seven, after rebounding to drop Solomon Schechter 7-1. The problem for North Shore is that they have only two games left, one a return match with Hank, and a finale against MTA, who will uh, likely be needing that game for playoff consideration. So no easy games left ahead for North Shore. Uh, the Rambam Ravens have nine points, with three games left, after dropping their game this week to DRS 5-1. With the win, DRS gets win number 8 on the year and clinches a playoff berth. But for Rambam, the three remaining games will be crucial. They face Hafter, Solomon Schechter, and Flappush all after the new year and will do so with three new additions to their roster that should bolster their depth and talent. The game with Flatbush may be even more crucial to Rambam because the two teams will both need that game to assure themselves of getting ahead of North Shore and into the playoffs. In the other two games of this week, Solomon Schechter picked up their second win of the season, defeating Mag and David 4-0, and Hafter topped Schechter 4-0 the night before the Frisch game. So now let's look at this from the Hafter perspective. The Hawks are now 7-0-1 and have 15 of a possible 16 points. They've clinched a playoff berth, and we'll have a full roster very shortly. The problem for the Hawks is that they have two games left with DRS, who is right there behind them. Um, one of those games played today. We obviously don't have a score because that was a three o'clock game for uh, varsity and part of today's uh, JB Varsity doubleheader between the two schools. Generally, on a Sunday day of a broadcast, uh, one of those games, one of those late games, I probably will not have a result for you, and I don't have a result for you right now. Um, I was asked last week why I wasn't able to get scores in from the Sunday. The problem is that even if I do give you a score, I like to give content, and if I can't give you content, giving a score doesn't mean much, so generally I'll save it for the next week. Because last week, as I, I, I had at the end of the broadcast, I had the MTA Ramaz score given to me. So if I can get a score for the M, for the sorry for the after DRS games uh, before the end of this broadcast, I'll get that to you. But if not, we'll have the full story for you next week right here on the Court Report. Moving over to the standings now. Uh, Without today's game, DRS still leads the division at 8-1 and one with 16 points. Hafter right behind them at 7-0-1 with 15. Behind those two is Hank, who is 5-2-0-1 and has 11 points. North Shore, as we just discussed, 5-7, has 10 points. Rambam at 4-6-1 has 9 points. And in the battle for the uh, for the bottom so far, Flopbush at 2-5-0-1 with 5 points. Solomon Schechter at 2-1-7 with 4 points, and Mag and David at 1-10 with 2. Over in the West, much more tightly packed at the top, Ramaz, 16 points, 8-4, having played 12 games. SAR, 7-2, 14 points. Kushner, 6-2-0-1-1, 13 points. MTA, 6-2, 12 points. TABC, 5-0, 10 points. So those five teams, all within three games, three wins of each other, Ramaz at 16 points, TABC on 10 points. So you can see how the top five may shake out. And we haven't even gotten to Frisch yet, who is right behind that pack at 2-2, two, 1-2, two, 
with seven points. Behind them is JEC at three and six with six points, and down at the bottom of the division at zero and nine is Heschel. So you can really see how the playoff uh, the playoff uh, picture may shake out with the West. But it's, it's strange to think that one of those six teams, Ramaz, SAR, Kushner, MTA, TABC, and Frisch, will not make the playoffs this year. Again, that's a result of the new format, which Mo Fuchs and I discussed at length at the beginning of the year. So the competition has really picked up as a result of it, and it's really going to make a very interesting second stretch of the season. So look forward to that as the new year turns. Taking a look at the week ahead, only five games, but three of which are extremely interesting. Monday will feature a twofer as TABC travels to JEC to take on the Thunder. And Kushner will take on Frisch on Monday night in Frisch, the return game of that overtime loss a few weeks ago for Frisch. Um, like I said in the in, in when talking about their game with Hafter, a, an overtime loss on the road, while it's not the way it is in the standings, it, it's pretty much worth a win at home because of you know the home court maybe may making a difference, having to be on the road, the bus ride. So Frisch can potentially look forward to this game as the first of many must-needed games to get themselves back on track and into that top pack. Tuesday features Solomon Schechter and Mag and David. Thursday, we'll have Mag and David uh, traveling to Flatbush to take on Flatbush, Flatbush and Mag and David, both needing wins. Uh, Mag and David, not so much as Flatbush at this point, given that they're pretty much out of it. But Flatbush at this point needs all the wins they can get in order to knock themselves back into the race with Rambam and North Shore. And to end off the week, next Sunday, 1.45 p.m. game between SAR and Hank, as I mentioned before, in the Interconference Series. Uh, moving over to playoff updates, the only playoff possibility for the week is actually an offshoot of today's game. Uh, a DRS win today would clinch them a top three spot. A Hafter win and a Flatbush loss to Mag and David this week would do the, tri- the same trick for Hafter. Moving over to the rankings for Varsity, we're not going to include again today's DRS Hafter game in this. Staying at the top is DR. Eh, sorry, staying at the top is TABC, who uh, was number one last week. Also, their win over SAR did nothing more than solidify the fact that they're at the top spot. Number two is Hafter with the win over Solomon Schechter and only the tie to Frisch. A win over Frisch maybe would have put them above TABC. I don't really think so. It just didn't didn't resonate in their play on Thursday night. Number three, earning a split on the week, beating Kushner and losing to TABC, is the SAR Sting. Number four, staying at number four, is Kushner after that loss to SAR. Number five, Hafter with the, I'm sorry, DRS, uh, keep mixing up DRS and Hafter this week. DRS at five with Rambam's, uh, with the win win over Rambam. Staying at number six, Ramaz with their win over JEC. The only two teams that flip, that managed to switch places this week actually flipped, uh, Frisch, even though their tie to Hafter was big, they lost to MTA. And so MTA jumps that spot from 8 to 7, while Frisch drops from 7 to 8. Staying at 9 is Hank with the win over North Shore. Staying at 10 is North Shore with the, with the loss to Hank. And the win over Solomon Check to Rambam stays at 11. Flatbush Idol on the week stays at 12. JEC stays at 13 after the loss to Ramaz. Solomon Schechter at 14 after the win over Mag and David, but the losses to North Shore and Hafter. And Mag and David stays at 15, solidifying themselves after the win over Heschel, while Heschel's loss pins them at 16.
Moving over to JV, big week in the East as all but one team was in action over the period. Uh, at the top of the division, Rambam and DRS went to war in part two of their series, this time in Rambam. If you remember back to the game these two played in the Nest last season, the game ending in controversial but correct fashion in a DRS 2-1 to victory. This time, Rambam would ensure that there was no controversy. First period, David Green wins a face-off to Daniel Yitzhaki. Yitzhaki swings it back to freshman Zach Fink who beat former junior high teammate Jakey Friedman with a laser to give Rambam a 1-0 lead going into the first break. In the second uh, period, Rambam puts in three more, including a bomb shot from Daniel Lichter on the power play to give Rambam a 4-0 victory, its eighth on the year. With the DRS loss, the only team that can still catch the Ravens is Flatbush. The Falcons dominated YDE this week 13-0, paced by four goals from uh, sophomore Sam Laniato and three from Morris Sutton. Flatbush will have a huge game this coming week against rival Magan David. The Warriors are desperate for a win and are in dire straits now knowing that they need two wins in their remaining three games to jump North Shore in the race for the five seed. A loss in Magan David has their backs against the wall, depending on the result of their game with Hafter earlier this coming week, and it could spend it could spell the end of the line for Megan David's postseason hopes. North Shore could have made it very difficult, but fell just short, winning their game in Shari Torah 8-0, but falling to Hank 3-1. Josh Blitzstein paced the Hurricanes with two goals in that one. So North Shore ends their season at 4-5-0-1, having played all ten games at nine points. Now, before the season, I set the playoff push line at nine points. What that means is that any team that got over nine points, I pretty much believed would make the playoffs. Any team under nine points was going to be out. And if you had nine points, it was 50-50. You know, it could go either way depending on the schedule, the competition. So right now, North Shore being on the push line makes them a 50-50 shot. And with Mag and David and Hafter, still possibilities to jump ahead of them. You know, Hank having seven points and still having Shari Torah and YDE on their slate are almost assured of passing North Shore, barring any uh, massive upsets. So North Shore right now is pretty much waiting to see what their fate is with it in other people's hands. What's going to happen with Hafter, what's going to happen with Mag and David. Well, who knows? We'll find out over the next couple of weeks. But at least in terms of their relation to Mag and David, that they'll figure out shortly as Mag and David will finish out their schedule over the next two weeks. Uh, the team throwing a monkey wrench in all playoff forecasts, though, is Hafter, having only played three games going into today when they faced DRS. And Hafter could pretty much still finish anywhere. Today, the Hawks were in action, taking on DRS in the greenhouse. We will have recaps and scores of that game for you next week right here on The Court Report. Out West, the Gordy Kolb show continued this week. Last Sunday, Kolb followed up his four-goal night against Frisch with three more against TABC. His team, the SAR Sting, were undefeated at 5-0, and sitting squarely atop the West going into last night's game with MTA. The Lions, as you heard last week, obliterated Ramaz 8-3 to put them in the driver's seat for a playoff spot out West. Gabe Isaacs netted four for the Lions, including three in the third period to put the game out of reach after Ramaz had cut a 3-0 deficit to three. 3-2 entering the final frame. Zach Borgen tallied five points on the night with two goals and three assists for the Lions. Ali Haddad had two goals in the loss for the Rams.
unfortunately for MTA. The momentum gained from that victory could not be sustained against a team playing the best in the West right now, as the SAR Sting buzzed the Lions 11-0 in a more spread-out team-scoring effort. Cold put up another four-spot, while Jason Burian and Joey McGillner each added two. Solomon Freilish, Adir Landis, and Shua Friedman each tallied one. With the win, SAR, now at 6-0, can become the first team in the West to clinch a playoff spot with either an MTA loss to Westchester tomorrow or an SAR win over Ramaz on Thursday. The MTA loss opens up the door for Ramaz ever so slightly after they defeated Hillel last night to improve to 3-3-0-1 and now sit one point behind the Lions. However, for Ramaz to make the playoffs, they'll need to earn it as their remaining three games are against SAR and Frisch. Speaking of Frisch, the Cougars were in action today against JEC in the battle of two 4-1 teams. Taking a look at the standings for the Junior Varsity Hockey League. In the East, Rombaum leads at 8-0 with 16 points. Flatbush follows right behind them at 5-1 with 10. North Shore finishes out their season at 4-5-0-1 with 9 points and awaits to see the rest of the league pan out around them. Hank at 3-2-0-1 now has 7 points. DRS at 3-2 with 6 points. Mag and David at 3-4 with 6 points. Hafter and YDE each with one win, Hafter at 1-2, and two, YDE at 1-5, and five, both with two points, and Shari Tora at 0-5. Oh Moving over to the West, SAR leads at 6-0, Frisch and JEC going into today's game are both 4-1, MTA at 4-4, four four. Ramaz at 3-3-0-1 oh with seven points, TABC at 3-2 with six points, and Hill and Westchester around out the division, Hill at 2-7, Almost done with their schedule, and Westchester at 0-7. Looking ahead at the schedule for the week, Monday night, Westchester and MTA square off in Westchester. Mag and David and Hafter meet up. Hafter plays Shari Torah on Tuesday night, uh, so going back-to-back nights. Mag and David and Flatbush will meet up in Flatbush on Thursday. SER and Ramaz also face Thursday, and Shari Torah and YDE will also play on Thursday. Moving over to the playoff updates. In the East, only two things can happen, and one of the two will likely happen this week. Rombaum can clinch the East with a Flopwish loss to Mag and David, or Flopwish can clinch a playoff spot with a win or tie over Mag and David. The only way nothing happens is with a Flopwish overtime loss to Mag and David, but only if Mag and David wins against Hafter earlier in the week. Kind of convoluted. As discussed out West, SAR is the only team that can clinch. Moving over to the rankings, Rambam stays at 1 with their big victory over DRS. SAR stays at 2 with their two victories over TABC and MTA, though they'll await Frisch at some point in the near future before they can really take any leaps up. Number 3 is Frisch. Number 4, DRS, given their, uh, despite their loss to Rambam, staying where they are. 5 is Flatbush, given that they've only beat YDE this week. 6 is JEC. 7 is TABC. 8 is Hank with their win over North Shore. Mag and David moves up from 10th to 9th, even though they did not play this week. North Shore from 11th to 10th uh, with their win over Shari Tora, and despite the loss to Hank. Hafter moves up from 12th to 11th, and MTA moves up from 13th to 12th, and this is all because of Ramaz's drop from 9th down to 13th due to their loss to MTA. Hillel, Westchester, Darche Erez, and Shari Torah fill out the span of 14 to 17.
Once again, you're listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy, please contact them for all of your plaque and trophy needs at 718-769-4111. We're going to move over to basketball now. Let's start off with JV basketball. The JV basketball uh, league had some big showdowns this week, and certain teams seem to be feeling the pressure against the top competitions going to the East. There were seven games on the week, two of them involving DRS, who would play Flatbush and Hafter, both undefeated entering the week. Would they stay that way against defending champions? Well, Wednesday night saw a rematch of last year's finale in the only regular season meeting between Flatbush and DRS on the year. For those who remember the championships last year in the Max Stern Athletic Center on the campus of Yeshiva University, you'll remember DRS using a huge second quarter to blow Flatbush out 43-25 to on the backs of the Big Three and Yoav Deutsch. Entering this year, the Wildcats, a starkly different team, and the first quarter showed just that. Without the cachet of big men, DRS had no answer for Flatbush center A.B. Rosau, dropping 10 in the first as the Falcons staked themselves to a 20-7 to lead at the end of the first quarter. In the second, it was Kevin Haddad leading the offense, putting in 11 of Flatbush's 15 in the quarter to open up a 21-point margin at the half. DRS would cut the gap to about 14 in the fourth, but could never get closer as the Falcons closed out the 60-42 victory. And just to show the impact of free throws, the Falcons on the night shot 15 of 18 from the line as a team. Had it paced the Falcons with 29 points and 7 rebounds. Rosau finished with a double-double, 14 points and 12 boards. Flatbush would maintain their undefeated record last night, dropping Shari Torah at home 41-22. to With that, the Falcons also played an exhibition game today against a JV squad from St. Luke's School from Sydney, Australia. It's got to be fun to be a student at Flatbush these days with all the cool stuff going on. You had an intercontinental basketball game... Uh, today. Uh, yeah, uh, the Varsity has a game at the Barclays Center in a couple of weeks. I wonder what they might think of next. Uh, DRS, on the other hand, continued their slide, losing to Hafter 45-36 to the next night. So DRS falls to 3-3. Three and three. Their three losses to the undefeated teams in the East, 6-0 North Shore, 4-0 Flatbush, and 4-0 Hafter. North Shore stayed perfect, dominating winless Ezra 76-32 on Tuesday. That same night, Hafter narrowly escaped with their perfect record intact, beating Mag and David 50-48 to in Brooklyn. The Warriors, desperately needing a win to stay above the playoff line, now find themselves at 2-4, and four, a game behind three three-win teams, all sitting in the four through six spots in the East. Among them are DRS at 3-3 three and, three and Shari Torah at 3-4, and four, but also Hank at 3-2 and two after defeating Rambam on Tuesday night 31-24. to the Ravens, though, would rebound to upset YDE Thursday night, giving them their first win on the season, 38-35. to The loss drops YDE into a tie with Mag and David at 2-4, and four, which is interesting because the two will face off next Saturday night in Mag and David in what will likely be an elimination game for the loser. Rambam at 1-5 and five clings on to the slimmest of playoff hopes and will play the front end of a home-and-home home with winless Ezra tomorrow night in the first of four must-win games. Getting back to our three undefeated teams, North Shore, Flatbush, and Hafter, by the end of this week at least one of those teams will have a scratch in the loss column, as North Shore travels to both Hafter and Flatbush over the next seven days. Assuming that Flatbush stays undefeated after it faces Hank in yet another triple header of action this season, with this being on a weeknight Tuesday night, it'll host the Stars next Sunday, 
who will uh, first look to get past Hafter on Thursday night. For each team, this will be the only meeting of the regular season, which makes these games even more important as we head down the back stretch of the regular season. Uh, two North Shore wins will all but wrap up the top seed in the East for the Stars, while anything else will make for a great race given each team's schedules in the second half. North Shore will have two games remaining against YDE and Shari. Flatbush and Hafter will still need to meet, but other than that, each team will take on other teams that they should all be able to put away. In the West, the big matchup of the week was last night in MTA, as Frisch and the Lions took center court to battle for position at the top of the West. Both teams captured wins early on in the week, with Frisch dominating Hillel 75-25 to make it the second consecutive game that they've had that exact score, defeating Kushner by the same margin in their previous game. The Lions took out uh, the other H squad in the West, Heschel, 47-36 to keep themselves undefeated heading into last night. At 4-0, the Lions had the opportunity to put distance between themselves and the rest of the West, but could not capitalize, dropping the matchup to the Cougars by double digits. With the loss, MTA now falls into the pack of three at, uh, at the top at 4-1 and one with SAR and Frisch, and five teams with four wins, which we'll get to in just a second. SAR kept themselves in the hunt with the Cats by downing TABC 44-30 on Tuesday night. Dovey Marcus led the way for the Sting with 17 points, including four three-pointers in a game that had the Storm down by 20 at the half. With that, SAR and Frisch are set up for an epic showdown this coming Monday night. The winner will take sole possession of first place of the West at 5-1, and one, as MTA will be idle for the next two weeks. The two, SAR and Frisch, champions of last year's New York City and New Jersey divisions respectively, and last year's semifinalists, met only once, with Frisch ruining SAR's attempt at a perfect season, dropping the Sting 69-61 in Frisch this past February. The other two games played uh, before today involved both, uh, both involved Ramaz. After losing two of their first three games on the year, the Rams have put together three straight wins, downing JEC this week in both ends of a home-and-home, home, eking out a one-point win in Elizabeth on Monday, 59-58, before dropping the Thunder by 11 in the city on Thursday night. Both Ramaz and JEC were also in action today, with Ramaz taking on winless Hillel and JEC taking on fellow two-win team Heschel. Although the two wins are not necessarily equal, though, JEC at 2-5 and five is essentially fighting for their lives, while Heschel at 2-2 two and two has a bit more breathing room. Also, uh, I mean, even though that, both would like this game pretty much equally. As you'll see in just a second, both of these teams are pretty much in the pack of four, or really three teams fighting for the last playoff spot out west, with Kushner and, to a lesser extent, Hillel still in the mix. This will be the only game that these two play on the year. Taking a look at the standings in the east, North Shore 6-0, and Flatbush and Hafter tied at 4-0. and Again, that's only temporary. Hank at 3-2, and DRS 3-3, and Shari Tora 3-4. and Trailing them is Mag and David and YDE at 2-4, and Rambam at 1-5, and and Ezra rounding out the division at 0-6. Now, like I just said a minute ago out west, MTA, SAR, Frisch, TABC, and Ramaz, all with four wins. MTA, SAR, and Frisch at 4-1, and TABC, and Ramaz at 4-2. and And then behind them, you have a pack of three with two wins, Heschel at 2-2, two JEC two and five, Kushner two and six, Hillel at zero oh and six. Uh, all of the uh, all the four win teams on that borderline of making the playoffs, and it depends on the tie breaks. We'll have more information on that for you uh, next week. Speaking of next week, Monday night uh, fields four games with Kushner visiting Heschel, 
YDE facing North Shore, Frisch at SAR, that Frisch SAR game, Rambam at Ezra. Tuesday night has only one game, and that's the triple header night with Flatbush traveling to Hank. Thursday night has one game, North Shore facing off Hafter. Saturday night is YDE and Mag and David, and next Sunday, North Shore at Flatbush. Moving over to Varsity now. Uh, this week in the East, DRS made a major move towards showing that they need to be taken seriously when considering championship contenders as the season winds down. The Wildcats went 2-1 and one on the week, but in doing so made a bold statement. Uh, the big game on the week was easily the showdown with Hafter. The storylines behind this game were plenty and ran very deep. On the territorial level, both schools are within minutes of each other on Long Island. On a personal and personnel level, you have moves like the one E.B. Perlau made, going from a strong DRS team and making Hafter now a threat. On the basketball level, both teams went into this game undefeated, DRS at 8-0 and Hafter at 5-0. The game that ensued showcased the abilities of both teams in four quarters were just not enough as the game would go to overtime, with Hafter taking away a 46-42 victory. Perlau and Jonathan Greenberg paced the Hawks with 13 apiece, while Gabriel Leifer added to his torrid scoring run this season, leading the game with 16. Despite the loss, the Wildcats showed that they are at the top by also putting a major hurting on Ramaz, 69-26 earlier in the week. In that win, Leifer nearly outscored Ramaz by himself, dropping 25 in a win that saw DRS outscore the Rams 23-1 in the third quarter. Given that Ramaz has proven himself to be one of the top teams in the West, having beaten those close to the top, like TABC and Heschel, the questions left to be, hand- to be answered here are, one, is Frisch the only team in the West capable of battling Hafter and DRS? And two, is Frisch still as much of a favorite to win as we, start- as we thought to start out the season? Or have Hafter and DRS closed that gap with their records on the year? Well, the Cougars are holding their own in answering that question, and we'll get to the West in a minute, but first, the rest of the East. DRS was not done on the week, as they hosted North Shore last night and continued their hot play, defeating the Stars by 11-40-29. The Stars, 6-2 and coming into this one, seemed to have rebounded from their loss to SAR earlier this month, with wins over YDE and Rambam, and with DRS having played twice earlier this week, this would have seemed like a great place for North Shore to make a nice run back up the ladder. But what we now see really is like a divide between DRS and Hafter and the rest of the East. The Stars, at three losses, will need major help to battle for one of the buy spots in the East. It's definitely still doable for the defending champions, as they've shown there's still a wide gap between themselves and the teams behind them. Of those teams, YDE, whom Norshall will meet up with this coming week, has made a major move ahead of that pack, going 2-0 on the week to improve to 5-3, dropping YDH and Rambam. In the YDH Der Hattora game, which YDE won 82-63, the Thunder had four in double digits, while YDH was led again by the stellar scoring of Adam Matovich, who dropped 34. The one thing we've learned about YDH is that they can score, but it's the defensive end where things have fallen flat. Last night, uh, the Bulldogs from Derhatora gave up another 80-point game with previously winless Rambam outscoring the Bulldogs 87-76 to to post the highest scoring total on the season. In more defensive-minded games on the week, Hafter started out their week dropping Mag and David to the 500 mark at 3-3 three and three with a 53-38 victory, and Hank held Kushner down last night 42-12. 
Speaking of Kushner, that would be their second loss of the week, having lost 50-41 to to JEC earlier on. The Thunder, also defeating SAR earlier in the week, are 2-0 after their second of seven games at home down to the end of the season, and at 5-4 and are making many teams in the West nervous about making a, a wrong move in JEC. Uh, will home make all the difference for this team? Uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow night when they face Frisch, who is still undefeated after torching MTA 73-29 uh, and down SAR 45-41. For MTA, the Lions really do seem to be a team of streaks. After starting out with three losses, the team countered with three wins before dropping their last three, including a 51-25 drubbing to SAR last night. So now at 3-6, and six, the Lions are quickly fading, but are not completely out of it. Today they face a team right above them, Heschel. The, ha- uh, the Heat sit at 4-3 and three following a 66-58 upset over TABC this week. A win could put MTA back on the winning streak which or you know, back on a winning streak, which would be sorely needed right now, considering that the next three games they face are all in the same area on the standings board as they are. A few wins to bring everyone close and together would be exactly what MTA needed. A lie-in loss, though, and a drop to three and seven would open a two-game divide between the playoff teams who are at the ba- at the base level at five wins and the non-playoff teams that are at the height of three wins. And with only four games to go, they would pretty much need to run the table to have any shot at the postseason. In the last game in the West today, Ramaz looked to rebound from the DRS debacle meeting up with Hillel. A Hillel win would throw Ramaz further down the standings board in favor of the Heat and thrust Hillel into the mix for one of the buys in the West come postseason time. Let's take a look at the standings, and we'll see exactly what I was talking about. You have, in the East, Hafter at 6-0. and Now, DRS will start off uh, at 8-1 and because they have uh, more wins. You have Hafter and North Shore at 6 wins. Uh, Hafter at 6-0, and North Shore at 6-3. and YDE at 5-3, and Meg and David at 3-3. and Hank at 3-4, and Flopush at 2-4, and Derkotor at 1-9, and and Rambam at 1-11. and in the West, though, you see that divide I was just mentioning. Frisch at 7-0, and TABC 6-2, and Ramaz 6-3, and Hillal 5-3, and Heschel 4-3, and and JEC 5-4. and Below that, you see the MTA, SAR, and Kushner line, where you have MTA and uh, we have SAR at 3-5, and MTA at 3-6, and and Kushner at 0-10. and Taking a look at the games for this week, uh, not really that many big matchups, although SIR looking to play spoiler again for another East team facing Hafter tomorrow night. And then you have Flatbush meeting up with Derek Torah and Frisch meeting JEC on Tuesday, on, uh, sorry, and also on Monday night, the YDE North Shore game that I was mentioning. Tuesday night, Flatbush back in action facing Hank. Wednesday has Ramaz and Heschel meeting up in another city matchup. Uh, Wednesday night also has Megan David against YDE in another Brooklyn matchup. And Thursday night features Heschel and North Shore doing battle uh, in an interconference uh, matchup. In terms of playoffs, both uh, DRS and Frisch are getting eerily close to that line of making the playoffs, but I do not believe that either team can do so this week. If uh, something happens to come up, obviously we will recap it for you next week right here on the Court Report. Going through the National Top 25, the Jewish Hoops America National Top 25, Hafter remained unanimous at the number one spot. A uh, record of 11-0, and 0, where they've been for just about the entire year. Number two is Frisch. Number three, North Shore. 
running up the top five uh, nationally, Eula's four, TABC is five, TABC being the number four from the Yeshiva League. And in the sixth spot is DRS, despite, uh, actually I can't say despite their loss, because this is still from last week. Who knows where they'll be uh, this coming week with the new standings coming out, with the new, uh, sorry, rankings coming out soon. Uh, the next uh, next New York and uh, New Jersey league contender is Heschel at 9, Ramaz at 11, dropping all the way down from 6. Then comes Hillel at 14, Flatbush at 16, SAR at 17, JEC at 18, going all the way down to MTA at 23. Other teams receiving votes for this week, Hank, the only, well, sorry, Hank and Mag and David, the Yeshiva League contenders there. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League sports. Let's move over to girls' sports now. We're going to start out in girls' A basketball in the West Thursday night. So a major shifting as the three top teams were in action, in crossover action. Bruria took out Hafter 59-29. to uh, In addition, Bruria also pulled out an 18-point victory over Mayanote last night. So the Lightning, at 6-2, and two, find themselves at the top of the West, thanks to Frisch upsetting SAR 37-35 in the Hive. Frisch went up 8-2 to two in the first before the Sting, backed by a big bucket from Dahlia Fisher, went on a 5 nothing run to cut the lead to 1. A quick three-pointer at the buzzer would put the lead back at 4 for Frisch at the end of the first quarter of play. Frisch would enjoy a 5-point lead at 14-9, but Rebecca Kahn would hit two free throws and Rebecca Packer would convert on an and-one to tie the game at 14 with two to go in the half. A minute later, a great passing sequence into Jessica Hecht gave SAR a two-point lead at 16-14, but Frisch would hit two free throws to tie it up, and the two would go into the half even at 16. Fast over to the fourth. Game tied at 31. Frisch goes on a 4-1 run in a span of 42 seconds to give the Cougars the 35-32 lead. The game would stay that way until about a minute left, when Frisch free throws would stretch the lead back out to five. A late three-pointer by Leah Shulman would bring the deficit back to two, but the Cougars were able to kill off the remaining three seconds and route to the road victory. Both teams are now 5-2, and two, but there will be no rest for Frisch, as they'll square off with Bruria this coming week for divisional supremacy. That game will be this coming Monday night. The two remaining teams in the West, Kushner and Hillel, also faced off this week, with Kushner winning that one 40-33. The win put Kushner one game behind both Hillel and Mayanot, Mayanot uh, and Hillel, who faced on Sunday, which resulted in a five-point Hillel victory, until last night when the Cobras traveled to Uniondale and defeated Hank in a cross-divisional matchup 40-27. to So Kushner, Hillel, and Mayanot all came into today tied at three wins for what would be the final playoff spot in the West. In the East, both Hank and Hafter preceded their interdivisional losses with intra-divisional wins. Hank defeated winless Heschel 37-26 and Hafter down Central 50-34. Central would also lose to North Shore by 9 the next night. North Shore and Mayanote met up today in the first game of a 12-game stretch for the league over the coming week. Of those games, there will be extremely, one extremely important one for the East, as Ramaz at 7-1 and one and Idol this past week will battle Hafter on Monday night. A Ramaz win would put them at 8 wins and open up a 4-win gap between them and the next closest team and clinch a playoff berth for the Rams. North Shore, Flappish, and Hank will also be in action over the week to shake out the middle of the Eastern Division behind Ramaz.
Taking a look at the standings, Ramaz leads, as I just said, at 7-1. and one. Flatbush and Hafter both at 4 wins. Hafter at 4-3. and three. Flatbush at 4-4. Four and four. North Shore at 3-3. Three and three. Hank at 2-4. and four. Central at 1-6. and six. And Heschel at 0-7. Oh in the West is a bit more bunched up. Brewery at the top at six and two. Frisch and SAR at five and two. Hillel, Mayanote, and Kushner coming today all had three wins. Hillel at three and three. Mayanote three and four. Kushner at three and five. As I said, there was a game today uh, between North Shore and Mayanote that could have changed. Mayanote either have five losses tied with Kushner or will be ahead of the pack with four wins. Taking a look at that huge slate that I discussed a few seconds ago. Monday night has three games with SAR visiting Central, Frisch visiting Bruria, and Ramaz hosting Hafter. Tuesday night only has two games. Hank, uh, Hank and Norsh will meet up in the first game of the triple header. Tuesday also has Heschel visiting Flatbush. Wednesday night, Norshore visits Heschel. Thursday night we'll have a few more games. Ramaz, uh, host, Ramaz, sorry, Ramaz traveling to Central, and Norshore traveling to Hafter and SAR going to Hillel. Next Saturday night has one game, Kushner going to Frisch, and Sunday has North Shore at Flatbush. Moving over to JV now. Uh, in JV this week, Flatbush suffered their first loss of the season as Frisch took care of business, pre- beating previously undefeated Falcons 33-24. to The loss opens the door back up for North Shore, whom Flatbush doubled up 58-29 to last Sunday. With Flatbush at 6-1 and and North Shore at 5-1 and after North Shore's 10-point victory over Central this week, Next Sunday's meeting between the two will pretty much, barring any upsets down the stretch, decide the Eastern Division crown. A Flatbush win would make it all but official. Both teams are in action earlier this week, though, uh, as Norshaw will take on Hafter. Uh, the Hawks at 2-3 and three after dropping Ramaz 39-25 on Monday night, and Flatbush taking on 2-6 and six Kushner. An interesting development, though, as Ramaz dropped to 1-6, and six, only narrowly losing to 7-1 Mayanote, the Western Division leader, last night 33-32. Speaking of the West, only one interdivisional contest was played before today, with SAR keeping Westchester winless 53-30. Westchester was back in action today against Kushner, the only team that it can still officially catch for the playoffs. Uh, should Kushner win, the four playoff teams in the West would be decided, with the only question being seeding. Right now, Mayanote has clinched a top-two spot, but SAR and Frisch can go either way. Whomever survives the Kushner and Westchester fight for the remaining berth will automatically have the four-seed come playoff time. Taking a look at the standings in Girls' JV, in the East, Flatbush at 6-1, and one, North Shore at 5-1, and one, Hafter and Central both have two wins, Hafter at 2-3, and three, Central at 2-4, and four, so a nice big gap between Flappish North Shore and Hafter Central, and Ramaz at 1-6. and six. In the West, a little bit more of the same, Mayanote at 7-1, SAR at 5-1, Frisch at 4-4, four four, Kushner at 2-6, and, and Westchester at 0-7 oh coming into today. Looking at the week coming up, as JV Girls is almost set to wrap up their league, Westchester and Kushner face Sunday, SAR and Ramaz, Kushner and Flatbush face on Monday night. So Kushner back-to-back nights, Ramaz and Central will face on Thursday, as well as North Shore and Hafter. And North Shore will be back in action next Sunday to take on Flatbush. After this, there really aren't that many games left in the Girls' JV League. There are only a couple more games left for the year, as there will only be two between the end of this week and New Year's Day. 
Moving over to Girls B now. It was a very light week in the B League, and there'll be a very light one coming up. No pun intended with the Hanukkah reference. The week started out with SKA staying undefeated, improving their league-leading record to 7-0 and with a 41-26 victory over Magan David on Monday night. The win edges the Sonics ever so closely to a playoff berth and will likely have either clinched or be able to do so when they return to action on December 30th against Shalhevet. Speaking of Shalhevet, they were off this past week, but will be in action twice this coming week. On Monday night, they will travel to Brooklyn to take on Mag and David. The Warriors at 500, a 3-3 record after this past week, are in a very precarious position. A loss to Shalhevet would put them at 3-4 and four and drop them to two games below Shalhevet in the standings, with only five games left to play for the Warriors and a rough schedule ahead, including a return game with Shalhevet, two with Elon, and one with Bruria. Further, the Shalhevet, uh, uh, with Shalhevet playing Thursday night against Elon, the Warriors could be in even bigger trouble, as an Elon win would then give them a two-game advantage over Mag and David as well. For the Warriors, the simple and easiest road is a win. It's really the only thing that will ensure themselves of still being in the thick of the playoff race by the end of the week. Of course, a loss to Shalhevet and an Elon loss to Shalhevet would still keep Mag and David only one game behind Elon, who has a brutal schedule down the stretch with two games at SKA, as well as two with Mag and David themselves. But currently, Elon stands at 4-2, and two, having defeated Shari Toro last week, 37-24, to keep Shari winless at 0-8. Also at 0-8 are Shalamath, who lost to Bruria this week in an extremely sound defensive performance for the Lightning to help them keep pace with SKA at the top. Both Bruria and SKA have one game in the way before their rematch on January 4th. Uh, we'll talk about that as that game gets closer. Getting back to Shari Torah and Shalamath, though, both are at 0-8. But by week's end, one of these two teams will have a win, as the two will play their first of two meetings this season, this coming Wednesday in Shari Torah, that game starting at 6.30. Moving over to the standings, SKA at the top at 7-0, and paced closely by Bruria at 7-1. and That big pack in the middle that we discussed, Elan at 4-2, and Shalhevet at 4-3, and and Megan David at 3-3, and and then the cluster at the bottom with Shari and Shalamis, both at O and 8. We're now going to move over to today's Words from the Wise segment. It's something I might have actually done last year, but if it is, then it's important to reiterate. If not, then it's something new for you. Do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. I think it's an extremely important quote because sometimes I see kids, uh, and even adults, getting hung up on aspects of life that they don't, that they don't do so well, that they cannot do, without really recognizing that there are greater aspects to their lives that they do extremely well and better than others. We all have a part of ourselves that we do better than somebody else. And if we concentrate on what we cannot do, and we dwell on it and we focus on that too much, we miss the best parts of what we can actually offer. Uh, you know, it's like a center trying to go out and you know just practice only shooting threes instead of working on his po- uh, his post game you know why why work on something we all we all want to get better that's absolutely the case we all want to be better versions of ourselves but if you have something that works for you and makes you special as who you are why concentrate so much on what you cannot do instead of working on what makes you the best at what you already do that being said, don't be afraid to go out there and learn a new trait, a new side of yourself. But don't forget who you are, and don't forget what you already have to offer. 
Coming up next week on the Court Report, we'll cover today's Hafter DRS uh, hockey game, and we'll also preview the Hafter Flopwish basketball game taking place in the Barclays Center on the 28th. So tune in next week right here on the Court Report for that plus more Yeshiva League action over the week. I want to thank you all once again for listening to me tonight here on the Court Report, sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Thank you once again to you, from the listeners, for making this program what it is. I thank you for tuning in each and every week, and I hope that we have more to share in the future. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. If you have an event coming up that needs a trophy, please give them a call at 718-769-4111. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. Also, if you haven't visited the Court Report fan page yet on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum. Siegel Network. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com. <laughs>